Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Limerick Breast Pumps. Uh, Limerick Pumps have patented comfort touch technology that mimics the way your baby nurses. And have you can get the best fit with the one-size-fits-all breast cup. And we will hear more from our sponsor later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. These sponsors make this podcast possible. So if you need anything, head over to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. See if you can give them any of your business. Um, scroll down, enter your email address, and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And we are on Patreon. So please visit the link in the show notes, or you can find it at um, Badass Breastfeeding Podcast at gmail.com as well on our wall of fame, which is one of the um, benefits of the tiers that you get your name put on the wall of fame. And there's a whole bunch of benefits and there's a whole bunch of like tier options and you should check those out and join us because it's a ball of fun. And our ongoing giveaway for uh, people who leave reviews around the internet is still going on and is all go- always going on. So you can send an email to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com with a screenshot of your review and your address, and we'll send you a goodie bag. And now Diane has our review of the week. I do have our review of the week. And it's a little long, but that's okay. I've been hearing this podcast since the beginning of my breastfeeding journey. I had such a difficult time because my milk didn't come in for 16 days. I breastfed pumped every two hours. Then I had an oversupply and my baby was eating too much. I fed on demand and that caused my supply to increase even more. I reached out to Abby and she was amazing in helping me. I am super grateful for this podcast and I will have to recommend it to all the moms. I consider myself pretty knowledgeable and I do tons of research, but I didn't actually think I needed to do research on breastfeeding. I'm prenatal mental health therapist, so I know what breastfeeding can do to you on the brain side, but I I hadn't thought about the physical side of it. It's extremely sad on the lack of knowledge we are given during our prenatal classes and appointments. Because of this podcast, I know now what to do for baby number two in the far future. And it sounds like you went through a lot of stuff. So congratulations to you. My goodness. Do you remember her helping her? Yeah. I know yeah, a lot I do. of stuff comes through, but yeah. I know a lot of stuff comes through, but I mean, I remember, you know, people's um, situations. So yeah. yeah. Now, and it sounds like you did go through a lot. 16 days. Holy cow. That is so long. That must've been super stressful. And then dealing with oversupply and to, but you're absolutely right. Like nobody really thinks about how this is going to affect you and what goes on. And at least she knew about like the brain side of it because she's a mental health therapist, but yeah, there is, you know, it also doesn't matter what you know when it's your own baby. That's true. Like it's just, is so like, it's so amazing how (laughs) having a baby is just like the ultimate, like, equalizer like we're Mm -hmm. all just in the exact same boat when we have a baby not you know obviously not in all ways but just mentally you know you don't it doesn't matter like how much of an expert you are when it's your own baby it's just so different 
It's so different. And I remember, and I probably have told this story before because it always sticks out of my head when I think about this kind of thing, but going to see this mom, and this was years ago, but going to see her at her home and she was a labor and delivery nurse or a mother baby nurse. One of those or both or whatever. And she asked me, was she doing the diaper right? Mm. Let me know if I'm not doing the diaper changing right or, you know, putting the diaper, you know, and it's like, this is something you do for your job, (laughs) you know, but when it was her own baby, she was like, am I doing this right? And it really, it just, it, it's so shocking to your system to really just, you know, oh my gosh, it's It's amazing. It really, it is. It's so amazing. When I will say, baby. I do remember her question and her situation, but I don't remember at all what I said. Oh, so I'm really glad that she said it was helpful because, yeah, that's good. I'm not <laughs> sure if I went back to the email, I would remember. <laughs> oh my god, or the or Instagram or however she reached down. I don't remember. Oh. Today, we're going to talk about exclusive pumping. And I want to put this out there right now that we've been wanting to do this episode for a while. And we finally got a couple of people that told us their story, um, which we're going to talk about today. But if you're listening to this because you're an exclusive pumper and you happen to find this episode and you would like to share your story with us, we'll gladly do another episode on it. So don't be shy. And if you want to share your story, send us an email. Well, this is how we got... Sorry, yawning right into the microphone. This is how we got this episode or finally got people sharing their stories because we said it on the podcast. Yeah. Because I asked Facebook and Instagram, which is what I, where I usually get most of the answers. But this one was more difficult. And when, I, when we talked about it on here, that's when stories started coming in. Yeah. So these are stories like of this community. Yeah. So this came from our listeners. Yeah. So if you are, like you said, if you found us because you're an exclusive pumper and you happen to land on this episode and you want to share your story, we'd love to hear it. We would, you know, we'll gladly do another episode on exclusive pumping because I think you you just don't get enough attention. No. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Because we always talk about breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is constant breastfeeding. But like exclusive pumping is breastfeeding. Mm Mm-hmm. It it's is. Just, sometimes it doesn't always look the way we think it looks. It's a good point. It's a good way to put it. But that's your story and how it how it turned out, and all the stories are different. And you know, I think exclusive pumpers like just the knowledge that you must have, you know, to know. Okay, I want my baby to have this milk, but it's not working out for us the actual breastfeeding piece of it. So I'm just going to pump the milk. So my baby has the milk. I don't think I would have known. I know I wouldn't have known that if my baby didn't latch, I would not have known. I didn't have any idea about the benefits and all of that stuff when I was first breastfeeding. So I would not have known, not my first. I mean, I knew a little bit more with my twins, but I didn't with my first. And there's no way I would have thought like, oh, I could just pump the milk and give it to them. And and they're still going to be able to get great benefits from the milk. Like I didn't know that. No way. I never had a complete thought like that in the beginning. Mm-mm. No. That's like, that's just too much. I never would have been able to put that together. Oh, I think it's amazing that, you know, exclusive pumpers, what they give up and what they do for their babies and the way they go about making the decision and, you know, all of that stuff. I think it's amazing. 
It's, yeah, and everybody's really- got a different story, you know, like everybody's yeah. got a different journey with it. And we had on the podcast, it was like a few years ago now, but we had Elizabeth from One Ounce at a Time who has the um, hyper, whatever you call it. Hyperlactation, I think is what it's called. She's got oh, too much milk. That's like all. Like more milk than anybody. <laughs> She's like I a think super that's over, yeah. oversupply, like, uh, like just 2.0, like, um, and she donates. She's an exclusive pumper. Mm. And she donates milk to families. And anyway, yeah. So we've we had her story on, and you might know her. And you can, if you're an exclusive pumper, you might be interested in her. If you if you don't know, one ounce at a time, because she, uh, you know, posts a lot about that and her experiences. But we got some stories, so we should read them. Yeah, we should. Which one are you starting with? I uh, will start with. Um, I will start with Erica. Okay. Let's see. Uh, let's see. I heard your call for exclusive pumping story. So here's mine. My first son was born eight years ago and I knew I wanted to breastfeed him. I have Crohn's disease and I had a C-section birth due to the severity of my Crohn's disease. When he was born, oh. we initially had a lot of difficulty nursing. I have truly inverted nipples and my baby just could not pull them out and was not able to remove any colostrum. He created a lot of damage on my nipples. So the nurses in the hospital brought me a breast pump and I began pumping. When we were discharged, we were given an SNS system, which we used for a couple of weeks with a breast shield with no success transitioning to nursing. Under the guidance of a lactation consultant from the hospital, I was told to give exclusive pumping a try. I exclusively pumped for a year and gathered most of my information from Google. I wish I had this podcast back then. By about six months, I was not pumping enough milk for my baby, so I began supplementing with formula. Even though at the end, I was only getting drops when I pumped, I continued to give my baby breast milk, even if it only amounted to an ounce a day. It was so much work and I was so heartbroken. My breastfeeding journey was so difficult. I have just given birth to my second child and I was mentally preparing myself to exclusively pump again, but also had hopes I would be able to nurse. With the help of an amazing in-home lactation consultant, after eight weeks of working on my son's latch, he is now able to exclusively nurse. We started out this journey very similarly to my oldest, my older sons. Instead of an SNS system, we used a syringe in a breast shield and continue to practice nursing. I still cannot believe how far we have come and I'm able to exclusively nurse. Now that I have done both exclusively pump and exclusively nurse, I realize how much work and dedication exclusive pumping requires. Exclusive pumpers truly are badasses and absolutely do not get the credit they deserve as badass breastfeeders in my experience. I never felt successful at breastfeeding my older son until having this experience with my youngest. I absolutely love your podcast and it's been such a big part of my breastfeeding journey. Um, There's so much to unpack right there. Yeah. I love that story. Um, First of all, what I was going to say, well, I don't know what stands out to you while I try to figure out what stands out to me. Just her dedication, I think. And really, like, she really went to a lot of trouble both times with both babies to try, you know, with the breastfeeding piece of it and to go like I and I know I've said it a million times on the podcast. I if I had struggled as much with my first, like she went through an SNS and, you know, trying to make it work and all of this stuff. And 
I don't think I would have tried another time with another baby. I think I would have gone yeah. straight to, you know, whatever. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's important to note is that if you have struggles with one baby, it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, Crohn's disease is certainly something that doesn't go away and inverted nipples and all of that. But like, it doesn't mean that you're going to have the exact same story as you did before. Right. Right. And, and you she know, didn't. It might be she worth trying again. And she really like that. She just really hit the nail on the head when she said like, they don't get the. Yeah, it's so true. You know, cause she, it's a lot of work and dedication and she realizes that she probably, probably with her first, when she was doing it, she probably figured this is just what we're doing. Yeah. And then the second time around with an exclusive breastfeeder, she was probably like, oh my God, I worked so hard that first baby. I did so much. Yeah. And then to struggle with supply, you know, six months in and all of well, that. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is like exclusive pumping really requires you to understand how to use a pump. Either either you're just like one of these lucky people who responds really well to a pump, which does happen. Um, but more often than not, it's it's really like a learning curve on how to use the pump. And if you don't if you don't respond well to a pump or you eventually start not responding that well, like her like she was saying she wasn't pumping enough and it was, and who knows what was going on? Mm-hmm. You know, who who knows? I, you know, I have no idea what was going on, why she was not able to pump enough. I mean, it, again, it could just be that her body just stopped, wasn't responding that well to the pump. And, um, that is like a whole thing too. To go I mean, through. The other- it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to exclusively pump. And then there's just like, not, as you know, the, your milk supply starts to dip sometimes, and we—I don't know the story behind that here. She didn't say it, but and she might not know. Right, right. She might not know. But one of the things that I find, you know, very difficult as for exclusive pumpers is you have to really, to, in order to keep your supply where it is, because we know that pumping is, it's a little bit harder to keep your supply where we need it to right. be with just pumping. Cause it's not the baby telling your body what, what they need. It's a pump. And we know that that's a little bit more difficult. So now, you know, like what if your baby is sleeping longer stretches during the night, you still have to get up and pump, which unless you are an overproducer and you can get away with not doing that. But if you are just getting what your baby needs, and your baby happens to be sleeping during the night, you still have to get up and pump, which I think is just a really hard thing to do after so many months of doing it. Um, or just even, you know, being so dedicated and so um, regimented with your time to be like, okay, every couple hours I need to be on this pump. And that's, I think, a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, so true. Wow, that's an cr- amazing story. Um, let me read a couple of, um, from how, how about I read a couple from Facebook or do you want to read one of yours? Do a couple from Facebook and then I'll read one. Okay. Okay. Now I just lost it. (laughs) Just kidding. It's right here. Okay. Uh, Vicky says I was an exclusive pumper for my first. I struggled with latch from the start, but was so passionate about breastfeeding. I was supported by some lovely midwives in the hospital who let me borrow a pump when I expressed how keen I was uh, to feed her. 
Despite lots of help and advice, she never latched. I exclusively pumped for six months for her. It was hard work, but absolutely worth it. I nursed my second until two and a half, and I'm currently nursing my third, who is six months old, hoping to go to two and a half years again. So once again, so different journeys. Somebody, oh yeah, gosh. was able to, you know, I mean, if that's what you want, again, you know, Diane and I were talking before we push record, which we should stop doing. I know. <laughs> should record everything we ever say. It's so important. <laughs> um, no, but we were saying like some people try. A lot of people who are exclusively pumping tried to breastfeed and they couldn't make it work. But some people exclusively pump because they don't want that experience of breastfeeding. And that's mm-hmm. that's like that's one of the choice. wonderful yeah. reasons why pumps are great to have. Um, a great invention because some people just don't want that experience because of previous experiences or whatever, however they're feeling about their body. They just don't want to. And that's, yeah, they get to do what they want. Pretty um, cool that you have options. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll read, I'm going to read one more. Okay. Um, I had to exclusively pump for the first three months of my daughter's life. Apparently, you're not allowed to tell parents that their child has any ties in the hospital in Nevada. Oh. Um, the night we got home, I knew something was wrong. My milk came in, but nothing was transferring. Thanks to you, ladies, I contacted a lactation consultant to help. She showed us how severe my daughter's ties were and put me on a schedule to pump until we could get the ties cut. I took a whole three months. It took a whole three months to get a good latch. So I pumped every three hours around the clock. I hated it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to feed my baby without all these extra steps. And I refused to go to the to formula just because it was hard. But after three months, I, of course, had an oversupply. Now that I can feed my baby without a pump, I still pump about four times a day and I donate my extra milk because I remember feeling hopeless in my situation. And if I can help other parents at all, then I want to do that. That's amazing. My God, people are just fucking amazing. Especially since she says she hated it so much. I I know. She's like, I hate it. But here, I'm going to do it and I'm going to donate my milk because like (laughs) people are just (laughs) amazing. People are amazing. Oh my gosh. All right. Let's take I, a break. I mean, oh, sorry. What, Go ahead. I just want to say real quick when I worked in the hospital, and this was going back a while, but they did not like us to talk about ties in the hospital either. So I know that that happens. And honestly, as lactation consultants, we're not allowed to diagnose a tie, believe it or not. Some people might not realize that, but it is out of our scope to diagnose a tie. So it could be that in the hospital, they really kind of came down on them and said, you're not supposed to be diagnosing this. You can't tell people that they ha- their baby has a tie. So it <sighs> seems like it's not helpful, um, especially when the tie is significant enough to keep the baby from nursing or from latching. Um, but it's just, it's a mess. It's just not. Yeah. Ideal. I mean, I wonder how much formula companies have to do with that anyway. Like, don't talk about ties, you know, because like if you start healing all of these breastfeeding difficulties, then people are not going to be relying on formula. I know. And then yeah. you have like you have just such such, it, you know, it, these ties between formula companies and hospitals are just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's, so let's take, take a break. break. Uh, we will be right back. Okay. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Limerick Breast Pumps. Did you know, do you know what can really suck? Pumping, as we've heard. Well, Limerick (laughs) has taken the pain and stress out of pumping. Limerick pumps allow moms to get their milk in comfort and ease with the FDA's highest safety rating. Less stress and better results. Limerick's cups come in one size, comfortable. Other companies' cups are made of hard plastic, are complicated, and a pain to find the right size. But Limerick's pumps are the softest, most comfortable pumps on the market. They have patented comfort touch technology that mimics the way your baby nurses and are all FDA qualified. Limerick pumps are the only pumps to offer a micron filter, which protects both mom and baby with the cleanest system overall. No bacteria, viruses, or fluid enter the motor. motor. Pumping doesn't have to suck. Check out the entire line at limerickinc.com. That's L-I-M-E-R-I-C-K-I-N-C.com and use code BADASS for 25% off your purchase and also make sure to apply through your insurance. And today's episodes and their promo codes can be found in the show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com or wherever you're listening from. Also at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll find all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. And I also, what I remember getting an email and I can't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about pumping and how um, people didn't like pumping. And we were reading things about how much people hated pumping. And somebody sent an email saying like, I just want to share another perspective. Like pumping was, you know, so empowering for me and all of that. So we understand that not everybody hates pumping. and certainly. It should. It should be empowering. I hope yeah. that everyone feels that way. I want everyone to feel like they're doing something amazing because they are. They really are. Okay, I've got one. All right. Okay. So this is Jolene's story. As a first-time mom, I didn't set out to be an exclusive pumper, but nothing ever goes as planned. The first week after birthing my beauty, March 6, 2023, I was struggling to get her to latch. I was someone who really educated myself about breastfeeding during my pregnancy, thinking I was setting myself up for success by watching videos, attending La Leche League meetings, and reading books. Boy, can none of that prepare you for a newborn with a tongue and lip tie that made it nearly impossible for her to latch. Getting that corrected in numerous attempts after to latch, My mental health couldn't handle it anymore. And I finally ended up giving up the idea of nursing, but still knew the value in breast milk. Here is the start of my exclusive pumping journey. I have learned so much in these last 15 weeks about pumping via ways, um, lots of trial and error and fellow moms. At first, I wasn't pumping nearly enough milk for my little one and was fortunate to supplement with donor milk and minimal formula. Now I seem to have figured out the right flange size and settings on my pump. I've also splurged on a couple of good pumping bras. Pumping isn't always easy at all. Giving up snuggle time to pump has gotten to be the hardest part, along with pumping sessions in the middle of the night. But having a supportive husband and just being in the right mindset is key. I am probably in the minority, but I find it oddly satisfying to watch the bottles fill up with the milk being pumped from me and it encourages me to keep going. My biggest thing about this pumping life is that I don't let pumping stop me from doing my normal things. And I am also lucky to have an employer who is pro-pumping. I have pumped in a good number of parking lots in the back of my van, on the passenger side during date nights with my husband, 
spare rooms of friends' houses while at cookouts and this weekend on a boat. I attributed a lot of my state of mind to a couple of friends who helped with pumping problems I faced early on. For me, pumping is just a part of being a mom and something that I need to do for my babe during this season of our lives. It's only temporary and I am thankful I am able to do this for her. So this is an amazing example of yeah, just of what, what we were, were talking just saying. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, that that, hap- that that came up. I know. I know. And she's really like, like how she said, like even seeing the bottles fill up with milk is very satisfying to her yeah. knowing that she's doing this for her baby and she's just accepted it as being part of their lives and doesn't let her stop her from doing the things that she wants to do, which I think is fantastic. Like it's really an amazing story about taking what was not what she wanted to do and really making it a very positive thing. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going to happen and we, nobody knows what's going to happen. And so just making things work, kind of rolling with the punches, like. Yeah. Yeah. Making it work. I I remember I I, uh, posted this, you know, that saying, um, she believed she could. So she did. Yeah. So I posted that one time. It was a long time ago. And somebody was like, I don't like this quote because um, sometimes people like believe they can and want and they can't. And I was like, I don't think that's what that quote means. (laughs) I think it means like, well, no, of course. Like, it's like she believes she could fly. So she did. Like, of course, that's not possible. But like you, like you want something, you believe strongly in something and you are making it happen however it is going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just what these people are doing. That's what we're all doing. Right. No, I agree. And, you know, she's like, I wanted to give breast milk to my baby, and I'm giving breast milk to my baby. Right. <laughs> yeah. It might not be the way she originally envisioned it, but right. the end is the same. She's but, giving yeah. breast milk to her baby. Right. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. And like she said, giving up the snuggles and stuff like that is really hard. But and that's when, you know, like we just did an episode on um, weaning from the pump. And I had mentioned in that episode, like now you've got time to do things that you didn't have before when you wean from the pump, because that can be hard to wean from pumping when you're used to pumping. But things like getting getting that time back. To have those snuggles and, you know, mm-hmm. do things that you didn't have. But um, it is just, it's an amazing story. And all she said, she was pumping on a boat. Good for her. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, let's go on the boat for the day. I'm just going to bring my pump along with me. Good yeah. for you. I, saw, I posted like, a picture of a, of a woman. It was a few weeks ago now or maybe a month ago. Um, and she's at a concert. She's got like those wearable pumps in and she's like jamming out to some band. I don't know. I didn't know the band. Which Good for makes her. Me super lame, but it was really, uh, yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> makes you super lame. I can't, probably, yeah, I can't remember. I, I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm out of it. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Do we have more Facebooks or we do? I think we have another the last Facebook story. One. Of course, I scrolled away from it. Here, so I read that one. Or the, um, I don't think I read this one. So. 14 months down, been pumping for 13 of those months. Baby was born at 36 weeks, 5.4 pounds. First baby, no idea what I'm doing. Small lip tie. Very frustrating, no support. Was very determined to make it work. 
been using a silicone pump and feeding that bub every three hours. It's me and the pump. It's a sacrifice, but I love seeing my milk change throughout the day. Ooh, cool. Oh, that's a good I, point. Yeah. Cool. I, kn- I know if my baby's coming down with something, if my milk gets a certain color change. It's not always easy and frankly, quite frustrating at times. Been told I'm not really breastfeeding and Ugh. no way my milk is good enough. I must be adding something to it. What? But I have an amazing bond with my son and he loves holding his bottle of milk that's freshly pumped in the morning. Ah, oh, that freshly pumped warm bottle in the morning. Mm, it's like a warm cup of coffee. <laughs> the gosh. adult equivalent, you know. I know, exactly. Um, ew, I don't like people when say that it, that's not, you're re- not really breastfeeding. I don't see shut how. Shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. Your baby is getting your breast milk. How is that not? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, because people just have so fucking arbitrary rules and they're so dumb. And then I'm, I, my milk's not good enough. I must be adding something to it. What? Like, what are you adding to it? Yeah, I don't get that. Like matcha powder? I know. (laughs) What are you doing? Like, what are you adding? I know. I don't get that. Um, What what else did she say? She said something like, um, oh, how the milk changes throughout the day. That's cool. Yeah. If you are... are That's a cool thing to see. You can see Mm. the milk is different, you know, throughout the day and based on what's going on with the baby. That's really cool. That's really, yeah, that is cool. Really cool. Um, All right. Yeah, you, do you have one? Um, I have the other story. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, 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 read it. Okay, so this is from Stephanie. Hello, ladies. My name is Stephanie. I've been listening to your podcast since I had my second babe in March. So this is another March baby. I wanted to leave a review on my Instagram account for your giveaway because your podcast has given me a lot of confidence and peace of mind. Also from your podcast on how breast pumps work, you were talking about doing an exclusive pumping episode and I've been exclusively pumping with my current son that I had in March. With my first son, I felt like breastfeeding was natural to me. I was feeding on demand and pumping after and created an oversupply, which became very stressful to me, but I was focused on giving my first baby the best for him. Fast forward to a few weeks into being home with our first, he became very colicky and was constantly screaming and cluster feeding like crazy. I wasn't sure how much he was getting. My son went through countless, sometimes harsh tests for a newborn. They ruled it to be a dairy and soy intolerance just based off of his symptoms. I gave up dairy in my diet to start, but while I waited for the three to four weeks for it to be out of my system, we supplemented with hypoallergenic formula. After three to five days, he was a new baby and wasn't screaming anymore. I then began to develop huge PPD, postpartum depression, on feeling like a failure as my first, as a first-time mom and not being able to breastfeed because it was so important to me. I sacrificed my diet and my time with my son to pump. I ended up for my mental health to dry my supply and continue my son on the hypoallergenic formula. Fast forward to my son's teeth coming in. He had a large noticeable gap between his two front teeth. I always thought he had a lip tie, but the lactation consultant constantly blew it off and said he didn't. Even our pediatrician said it was no big deal. It would rip on its own eventually when he falls hard enough. Ew! I hate that. I've heard that a lot. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. It's a terrible advice. It really is. And she thinks that too, because she said, I did not like that response and scheduled him with an ENT. 
He said, my son had a severe lip and posterior tongue tie. So at eight months, my son had the surgery. Now, all along, I didn't think it was dairy or soy intolerance. It was his lack of a latch and getting so much air. I prayed that my second son wouldn't have any of these issues and I could possibly breastfeed him. I advocated about his tongue and lip tie this time around. And thankfully, my second son's isn't as bad as my first. I am also a plus size gal with very large breasts. I noticed that I struggled a lot this second time around with feeling comfortable and making sure my son was comfortable too while eating. My son constantly unlatched and latched and I was getting clogs and blabs. I was in so much pain. I didn't want to give up again, especially since my second wasn't having any symptoms like my first did. I decided to try exclusively pumping and fed occasionally, but the nipple pain was unbearable to where I was de- decided not to directly feed him. I've been able to be a few bottles ahead so I can feed him with the bottle instead and not be missing the time with him to pump. I've also invested in the wearable pumps, which I feel have taken off in popularity since I had my first. Exclusive pumping is very hard, but due to my scenario, I think it's what works best for me and my soon-to-be four-month-old. So she went through quite... A journey. I can't. I was like. having a hard time paying attention after the whole fall down thing. I, <laughs> <laughs> I previously read the email though, so <laughs> yeah. So you know, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I've had like, that. Oh, I've had I'm sorry that mole that. looks cancerous. Don't worry, you'll just you'll trip and fall in a fire someday. So don't worry. Just, <laughs> it's re- it's terrible advice. Oh, you're, it'll rip on its own. That's not even it's advice. It's just like oh yeah. What. Oh, I know. I mean, okay. I have but I love that she was like, I didn't like that response. And I scheduled him with an ENT. <laughs> <laughs> she's like on it with good. her kids. I mean, because like not everybody would do that. They would just be like, oh, okay. That's just, you know, my doctor said it. So yeah. it must be right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. But I love that she's like making this work for her. She's have yeah. said I've been able to be a few bottles ahead so I can feed him with the bottle, not be missing time with him to pump. Got the wearable pumps. The wearable pumps, sometimes, I mean, I'm glad people have them for situations like this, but sometimes they don't drain as well. So definitely be cautious about those. Um, but yeah, they've definitely taken off more in the last couple of years. So if you have an older child and you exclusively pumped and didn't have that option, they're definitely a big thing now. I mean, and they're gar- they're great for what we were just talking about. Is is like that woman went to a concert, mm-hmm. and you know, like you can, you said they don't drain as well. And sometimes so maybe, they don't. Yeah, maybe it, it not, depends on the pump and yeah. You so maybe and it's how not they like fit your, your main pump, or you know, maybe you can just have that for when you're out. You're doing things like absolutely. You know, do, you know yeah. like we have different options now, and th- apply th- for it through your insurance. Try to get it for free. Yeah. Absolutely. Or at least discount it through your insurance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's she went through a lot of stuff. And I don't know, I would have been like, I'm done, man. I would have like thrown my totally. hands up at this whole thing. But yeah. she was like, nope, now we're just going to pump. And she did great. She did great. It's amazing. Yeah. We have a couple more on Facebook. One that says, yes, it's super hard, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yep. And then the last one includes a little bit of a question, which actually came up in a previous story, too. And maybe we can just touch on that for anybody who is pumping or, you know, going through this. I'm exclusively pumping now and I'm worried I'm not producing enough. Sometimes I only pump two ounces on each side. Oh, my gosh. Uh, My son is now two months. Is this normal? That's good. 
Yeah. Two, mu- two ounces on each side. Yeah, that's great. And if you and if the baby's just two months, I mean, it could be that your milk is still had been still kind of adjusting and you were mm-hmm. making like really more than you needed. Yeah, but no, two ounces per breast is good. So, yeah, do not worry about that at all. Because baby, I mean, he shouldn't be taking more than that anyway. Right. Yeah, that's four ounces, right? We wouldn't yeah. take more of that in a feeding. No. Should so that's no, he shouldn't be. So that's that's great. That's perfect. You're perfect. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? No, you didn't know. know. You didn't think you so, didn't but you're actually perfect. Yeah. No, that's great. So yeah, so those are our stories. Yeah. That was fun. And I like hearing those stories. I hope everybody um I know, enjoyed it too. I know I really liked it too. So, but like, like we said, if you have one about exclusive pumping, you can absolutely send it our way. And maybe we'll do this again if we get a couple more. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.